You are listening to the Soar Above Cancer podcast, episode 86, Interacting with Other Cancer Thrivers, the online edition with your host, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, fellow Cancer Thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. So today we're talking about being a part of online communities, how to interact with others through this online kind of platform that enables us to connect with people that are far away from us in different time zones. Uh, it's really, I think, a, a very useful tool to break isolation when it comes to being a young adult with cancer, just being someone living with cancer, period. Um, at the same time, these communities can be very difficult to be a part of because these groups, these online communities can become a space where you can share a lot of your emotions and that's great. But how do you interact in this emotion filled community to yourself take as much as you can and give as much as you, you can to others too? So we're going to jump right in and kind of talk about online cancer communities in general. So what are they? What does that entail? Who participates? What kind of communities exist online? And you kind of touched on it in that introduction, Gabrielle, kind of what they are in, in a sense. And really what they are, are there, they can be groups on Facebook, on social media, commenting on blogs, different forums that just relate to topics in regards to cancer and how do we navigate through our cancer community? And it gives everyone a platform to discuss their opinions on things, to discuss their experiences. And rather than just venting maybe to themselves, either in person to an individual or to themselves on the couch or through a blog where they may not be able to find a response, you are discussing all your theories and concepts and experiences with other individuals who are going through very similar struggles or similar experiences themselves. So the kinds that exist are probably all across the board. Now, I know just a couple through Young Adult Cancer Canada, which we discuss consistently. They have their own closed groups. They have their local groups in different cities across the country. But I also know online there's blogs that you can comment on and discuss through different types of chats and different types of organizations on how you're feeling and how do we navigate through, like I said, this cancer community. So I'm sure there's a whole lot that exists. I don't know a whole lot of them myself, but I know just based off of things like Reddit and organizations and websites like Reddit, there's a lot of different subcategories of, of cancer communities where you can discuss your knowledge and your, and your experiences. And another important type of online community that exist are therapy groups. So there's organizations who have put on these ther online therapy groups uh, that touch upon a specific topic or just a specific type of therapy. And they, they meet up with a bunch of young adults or individuals living with cancer and they put on these groups. So D'Souza, the D'Souza Institute does Cancer Chat and they do a lot of groups on various subjects. They've done some on chemo brain. They've done some on fear of occurrence. So there's a lot of topics that they cover. There's also uh, the Lacuna Loft that does writing 
um, workshops online, which is a great form of, of therapy in a way. So these, these groups also have a very important purpose in our community to offer support in a different way for those who don't have access to those specific groups in person. So now that we talk a little bit more of the generalities and kind of what online cancer communities are, we can dive into some of our own experiences. So I'll ask you to start, Gabrielle, what are your experience or your experiences with online cancer communities? Yeah, so like I mentioned not long ago, there's uh, the the D'Souza Institute does online f- groups. And I did participate in, in some of those, which was always interesting. So it's an online group that basically you chat with others for a certain amount of time on a specific topic and you get information from that. You're a group of, of individuals who have gone through that experience, so you get to share a lot. I also uh, am in many private online support groups or cancer groups such as the Young Adult Cancer Canada, that being the biggest one that I'm a part of. And it's a very active online community that you basically share whatever you want on it and you get feedback from others or you just get empathy from others. You you just get heard by so many others who are going through the same thing. But of course, it's many other online cancer communities that I'm a part of. For one, the Pink Pearl Canada uh, online group is is a good example, but others as well. What about you, Alex? So myself, a lot less so than than you, but I focus more just on Yak. So the main closed group that they have, the Local Life page in Toronto, where they describe a lot of the different events that they're having and how to get involved and things and things like that. But for myself, I've always been on social media more of an observer, so. Most of the time when it comes to just my own social media profiles, I tend to look at other people's profiles, see what they're doing, just kind of keep in contact with everyone. And I like to comment when I feel necessary. So when it comes to Yak, I, for the most part, just like to peruse through and see how everyone's doing. And I'm invested when it's something that I can share my expertise on. But it's always interesting to see some of the different theories and some things that people are going through that you, even as a cancer thriver in your realm, don't necessarily think about. And a lot of the lessons that can be applied elsewhere in life, they really can come out through cancer because there's so many different activities and parts of cancer that we've described on the podcast, but there's so much that we haven't talked about. And there's so many different nuances about them, and they all really come out when it comes to online cancer communities because people feel more safe when they're sharing things online and there's other people that that can sort of mirror and reflect the way that they feel so I don't really have too much experience with online communities I kind of focus on the yak closed group itself but there is still so much information on there that can be used beneficially yeah, and you make a very good point that you don't need to be writing on these groups or participating actively in these groups to take away from them. There's those groups. You can be someone who's very quiet and just kind of liking the post and mm-hmm. and and even just looking at the posts, or you can be someone who's posting and trying to get that conversation going. So yeah. it doesn't matter who you are, you're a part of those groups and it's important to be to have a bit of everyone. So 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's like when you're in an actual group in real life, some people are more talkative. Some people don't talk as much. Some people just like to listen and whatever way you really obtain the information or get the most benefit out of it. I think it provides a lot of, of pros and cons either way, but I think there's the positives are definitely there. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue into mm-hmm. talking about what the pros and cons of online cancer communities are. Yeah. So I guess, like I said, there's a bunch of, of, either i think when it looks specifically at the pro side it provides a wealth of information so Mm -hmm. i think whether you do or do not want all this information it's available to you when i think you need it and it's consistently being updated in a sense so instead of throwing a bunch of stuff on a page and it's sitting there forever there's always new bits of information that you maybe didn't necessarily think you needed or didn't necessarily think there was an answer to, but there's all this, all this advice that are going around and all these people with different voices that you can reach out to basically at any point. It really engages you with the knowledge instead of just you reading an article and taking it for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And the good thing too is um, you can consistently like, yeah, exactly. You can consistently update it. You can talk to individuals personally about their experiences there's always something new going on when it comes to that. And if you need to seek out advice from a specific individual, you can actually reach out separately and you can talk to that specific person. So I think that when it comes to pros, that's kind of the main thing I look at. I would say one of the biggest pros for me have been that it breaks isolation. So we understand as young adults that cancer can be a very isolating experience for someone to go through and at actually any point of your your life cancer is very isolating because you get sick and and mentally it's difficult to sometimes convince yourself that you need to go out and other people might not understand you so these online cancer communities i think one of the major impacts it can have is that it connects you with other people and i know that i've connected with more people through these online communities than anywhere else i know that's how we met is through Mm -hmm. the online yak uh, community i also met kayla so i've been chatting with kayla who was on the show uh on a past episode we connected online through the yak community again that created a huge a big connection that i value a lot and then we got to meet in person we haven't met in person yet and we're getting to it <laughs> you and i alex um, absolutely but i think these connections that they can create can be very very powerful and those can have a huge impact on your life so even if it's just to meet one person online i think those communities are more than worth it mm-hmm. and the good thing is that we can connect with people, I think, a little bit more comfortably. I think a lot of people, when they're in person, maybe they don't feel comfortable. When it's online, I think whether it's a good or a bad thing, people feel more comfortable sharing their advice when either they're behind a screen or they can take as much time as they need to type something out as opposed to having to be on the spot and say it in person. So I think the benefits of having that online platform is that you can participate when you want and you feel more comfortable doing so because you are an online personality. Maybe you don't feel pressure to answer right away. So I think you can be a little bit more comfortable and, and a little bit more open with your advice with that. 
Mm-hmm. And what are the cons of being a part of these online communities? Yeah. Well, I think it depends on the individual, but going through like myself going through Yak, I don't feel as as maybe not attached, I feel just as attached, but I don't get as emotional based on my life at the moment. But I know going through it when you're going through the the cancer trials and tribulations and Sometimes it's very emotional because you can relate to a lot of the the information that's being processed through the group or the stories that people are telling. So either that be people that you don't know and you haven't met yet, but you can relate to, or maybe sometimes it's an individual that you know who is going through something you didn't anticipate them going through and you didn't realize it till you're on that group specifically. But it can very be very emotionally taxing especially if you're in a good mood and maybe you didn't anticipate what you were going to see when you go online. I think when you go online, you just don't know necessarily what you can see there. And like anything, you're online and and you can read a whole lot of good things. You can read a whole lot of bad things as well. So it it gives you that open communication and that doesn't necessarily mean that everything coming in can be positive. And I know the admins of Yak are very good at controlling what is said and what's not said and policing everything properly but at the same time people do have the right to share their opinions and sometimes it's not the best advice or it's not something that you ask for or it can be downright mean I mean that just is the way of the world these days and so I think that's kind of the way that I see it when it comes to the cons what about yourself what do you think Mm-hmm. another thing I think that these online communities can create is kind of a fear of missing out I know that some of these groups, well, the organizations that run them also have events. And when a lot of pictures of an event are are posted and you weren't able to be there, sometimes it can make you just kind of miss not having been there and not being connecting or not connecting with others who are going through this. Um, so that can, I think, also be counted as a con. I think it, it really can have an emotional toll on someone when they can't participate because of no, distance absolutely. or yeah absolutely no and so when we are now transitioning to discussing how do we interact online what are some of the tips and tricks maybe that we can share for online etiquette when it comes to participating in an online cancer community yeah and that i think these are going to apply whether you're a person living with cancer a supporter or just someone who is interacting on a website that talks about cancer or really whoever you are, I think this can apply. So always think twice before you give advice. So advice giving is, in my opinion, something very tricky. Uh, Often on these online groups, a person who might just want to be listened to and want to share their story, be heard, often get a lot of advice. Um, everyone wants to pitch in and it's not necessarily always easy to know what to say. And giving advice is often one of the, the reactions that a lot of us have. So when it comes to online etiquette in these groups, I think that giving advice might not, you might not want that to be your first instinct. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes people just like to vent about some of their problems and have a platform to do so 
And sometimes people just want to hear, oh, hope you're doing okay, or I'm here in case you need anything. And that, and that is enough for certain people. And so when it comes to giving advice, something that I like too is, is kind of read the situation and maybe the reaction. And if it's some type of advice that maybe you don't want others to see, don't necessarily comment. Maybe you could send them a direct message. I think that's something that's a good tip and trick is kind of reading what the person has to say. And then if it's something that's just supportive, by all means, make a comment or suggest something or some type of, I guess, information that might help them. But maybe understanding when you can just send a message to them personally and saying, this is what I've done didn't want everyone else to kind of see it's more personal. So I think that's a little bit of advice when it comes to that. But I agree. Sometimes some people don't necessarily want or are warranted for advice. So I think it's a tough thing to navigate. Did you notice how we gave advice on how not to give advice? Yeah, that's actually pretty <laughs> ironic now that I think about it. I know when it comes to give advice, giving advice, I always think to myself, am I giving this advice to make myself feel better or to help the other person? Because often I think we give advice just to say something and to, to help and it's for ourselves to make ourselves feel useful. But if you actually think about it and and assess who you're doing this for, that can give you a good indication as to whether you should post advice or not. A good alternative to advice giving, I think, and it's something that we don't use often, I think in online communities, I don't think it's necessarily something that is our first instinct to do, is just showing empathy. And showing empathy, just kind of being with the person in what they're going through and what they're feeling. So just kind of saying, I get it. That must be so hard. Um, just kind of sitting with those emotions with that person. And it's difficult to do online because emotions don't translate as well. But that might be something that's going to have a lot more impact on someone than anything else you might be able to comment. So, Yeah, I think the interesting thing about that is one rule that I used to follow, and I still follow when it comes to work or in a customer service perspective of things is, the thing I like to say if someone is complaining to me is I understand where you're coming from as opposed to saying I understand like completely because sometimes you don't get it. I think in this sense, it can be fair to say like I totally understand because some things are so relevant and they just ding a bell in your head instantly and you have the ability to say like I totally understand where you're coming from. I went through the same thing and I think other people who are sharing their opinions and they're the ones posting can have a sense of understanding that, okay, now I'm in a community where people do really grasp what I'm trying to display here on this post. I think when it comes to giving advice and showing empathy and even just reaching out in general, it's important to know when to do so. I think like myself, I mentioned earlier in this episode that I'm more of an, I'm, I'm more of an observer. So I just tend to watch and if it's something that I actually have information on or something that I can say, then I'll say it. But I don't like to just speak to speak. Some people, like you said, just like to share advice so that that can be recognized for doing so. I think if you're adding information properly or you have something to say because you went through the same thing or you have a resource that you'd like to share, I think that's always a good thing to do. But I think it isn't necessarily 
beneficial for everyone to talk at the same time. I think when you have something to share, by all means, you just have to pick and choose your battles. And lastly, understanding your position within an online community is important when it comes to interacting with that community. What I mean by that is asking yourself, am I a guest in this community or am I a member of this community? Closed groups, often you're a member, so your interactions with the group is going to be a lot different than if you're a guest to that community. For example, um, being in these closed groups, everyone's kind of at the same level. Everyone has an experience with cancer, often, or is a supporter, whichever kind of group you're, you're looking into. But everyone's kind of equal, and every voice should matter as much as the other. So when you share, what you share is going to be welcomed in a different way. When you're just on a regular page that's open to the public, you're a guest on this page. When you're, for example, talking on the Facebook page of a major organization, you're a guest. So you have to be careful of what you say because you're no longer a member. You don't have that same status as the organization does. In fact, you need to follow the etiquette of a guest. You knock before you enter a house, for example. Well, you have to to introduce yourself and and kind of knock and say, hey, is it okay if I say this? So it's just having that in mind that what position am I holding within this online community and how does that impact how I should act? I think that's a good, I guess, topic or, or discussion piece that doesn't get discussed often enough is when do we comment based on the platform itself? I think, like you said, closed groups, advice is warranted because you've been accepted. Online, it's more you're taking the initiative. So I think you have to navigate properly. I think that's what our own social media accounts are for. So we have the right to post what we want on our own social media accounts. Now, some people may not agree, but at the end of the day, that is your opportunity to post. And I think that is, I'm looking at this in terms of the the negative aspects of when people comment. You can also use your own social media accounts for positive. I know, Gabrielle, you use it very often to promote what you're going through, what you went through, and the podcast itself. There's a lot of opportunity to promote personally and individual accolades. And and I think it's a, it's a perfect opportunity to say this is kind of the community that I do. This is the podcast that I do. You guys should check it out and successfully sort of promote your own individual accomplishments and, and I guess, developments and things that you do. So for online cancer thrivers, take the opportunity to use the cancer communities for certain things and maybe your own social media accounts for others. That's a really good point. And lastly, I, I simply could not talk about online communities cancer communities and not talk about chemo brain and I'll explain to you guys why I'm talking or why we're talking about chemo brain is because so going through cancer I was the most horrible texter or I, I could not formulate paragraphs in a way that people understood me because chemo brain was interfering medication was interfering I was drowsy half the time so sometimes conversations I was having online with people 
they didn't quite get it. I know some of my my very good friends at the time had to sit together because they weren't anywhere near me geographically. So they had to sit together, kind of decipher my messages to figure (laughs) out what I was saying. And that is very much the chemo brain talking. So considering that that's something that so many of us experience and are living with, how do we account for that side effect of cancer and treatments when we do interact in online communities? Yeah, well, I think I mentioning it earlier, the fact that it's online and you're not, you're in real time if you're chatting, but if you can post whenever you want is very much an advantage. So either A, you don't necessarily have to post right away. If you're not, if you feel like you want to comment, but you're not in the right mindset, just take an hour or a breath and say, okay, like, let me try and do this. Maybe when I have a clearer head, I don't have to ramble right off of the bat. Or if you're feeling like maybe that's not an option and you want to say something right away, don't be afraid to just open Microsoft Word or write in your phone exactly what you want to say and edit it and then write it. You don't necessarily have to just start clicking away on the keyboard the minute you think that it's something you want to write down. You can just write in a separate note, edit it, make sure it's okay, and then you can copy and paste from there. And then you have maybe a more well-read post. That's kind of one thing that I would think of to give advice-wise. Yeah, and get yourself some help. So like you said, there's there's a word that can correct. There's different uh, programs that can correct grammar and stuff like that. You can also get someone else to read it. If it's going on a public page and you want it to make sense, um, you can get someone, one of your friends or your family member to read it. Someone else from the online community can read it in a private chat before you post it publicly. And I think the biggest thing to remember when it comes to chemo brain and interacting in these online communities is that when you put something out there, um, that's what you were meant to put out there. And you need to be forgiving of yourself. If you read it back a week later and you're like, what was I thinking? It's okay. People who read it took something from it that they needed to take away from it and responded accordingly. So you have to be forgiving of whatever mistakes you might have made in that post um, and just kind of sit with that because that was meant to be so you can't beat yourself up for it no I like that I mean thinking about that that can just be applied to real life I know a lot of my friends and a lot of people in general will go back on a social media post that they posted when they were like in high school and they go this is so cringeworthy why did I say this and you're thinking okay well that's at a different time of your life and if you you know that like you said people took from it what they did and maybe it was funny at the time you don't necessarily need to be judged on what you said before because you obviously had a reason for saying it in the first place. So that is a really good piece of advice. I didn't even think of that earlier. I think it's can be taxing or or depressing or upsetting maybe when you're you're writing and and you don't think you have the right piece of advice or you're spelling things wrong or you're thinking, okay, I want to help, but I don't know what to do here. Even just speaking for myself, every time I type an email out to anybody, I always proofread it like six or seven times, like no exaggeration. So I don't think it should be something to beat yourself up about. I think it's just important whenever you make a post, especially when it can be on a topic as dense as cancer. I think it's just important 
And I think the onus is on the individual giving that advice to share properly that piece of advice. I think even if it's you feel bad spelling something wrong, that can be forgiving. And like Gabrielle, you mentioned, forgive yourself after if you don't necessarily feel like it's something that you are happy posting. At the end of the day, you are helping individuals. So I think it's just important to be aware of the choices that you make. Overall, in today's episode, we liked to discuss the online cancer communities, some of the communities that we are a part of, how we benefit it and how it benefits us, some of the pros and cons to online cancer communities, how they can help and maybe some of the things that hinder their growth. We like to discuss some of the tips and tricks that we navigate when we are discussing things online, how we interact with other individuals and how it benefits us in the long run. And we really like to discuss the topic of chemo brain when it comes to online cancer communities and how we need to be a little bit more forgiving of ourselves if we're dealing with cancer brain when we're trying to give advice on other online cancer communities. But at the end of the day, I think it's a beneficial thing. And Gabrielle and I share the fact of we do participate online in some of these forums and some of these groups, and they're very beneficial because they reduce the isolation among cancer thrivers. This ends episode 86, Interacting with Other Cancer Thrivers, the online edition. If you have any questions or suggestions or comments, or if you simply want to share your story, reach out through the Soar Above Cancer blog, as well as our social media accounts, which are all linked in the show notes. Many smiles to you, and see you next week. Yay!